Hey guys, welcome. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about ChatGPT and how BuzzFeed is going to be using it in their business coming up. We're also going to be talking about Microsoft and some recent layoffs, um, as well as remote working, saving workers an average of 72 minutes per day. So stay tuned. What's up, guys? Welcome on into the Work Wherever podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about automation, AI, artificial intelligence, which is the same thing as AI. I got to write an actual intro because I feel like every time I say this, it's just different. But remote work and the ability to live uh, every day like it's Saturday. Work wherever so you can live every day like it's Saturday. Yeah. I might as well just say that. This is the podcast where we talk about remote work so you can live every day like it's Saturday. I don't know. We'll get to I it. I like it. Yeah. It fits the theme, I think. It fits. So today we're 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 breaking down, we're doing a, a hot spot, which what are the what are we doing? What are the articles? Um so chat GPT again. Yeah. I always have a hard time saying that. Um, Letters are hard. They are. Well those two, like specifically together. Um but BuzzFeed um is going to be the latest publisher to embrace it and then start using AI generated content. Yep. Which we've been talking a little bit about, um, you know, how people are kind of worried that it's going to be like taking their jobs. Yeah, and it's a job sucker, right? <laughs> creative yeah. jobs and things. Um, there it is. There There's I the am. phone. It always happens. That's how you know we're off to a running start. Then what are the other two? <laughs> um, the next one, they just released a study uh, about how, on average, remote work saves workers 72 minutes per day. And this is like That's a worldwide. That's globally, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was low-code, no-code. Yep. Low-code, no-code automation, and it's how how it's helping the talent shortage. Talent shortage, mm -hmm. right. Which we are a low-code, no-code uh, no organization. We develop Microsoft Power Apps, Power Automate, Power Virtual Agent. So we build, we build artificial intelligence bots. We build low-code, no-code platforms. So these three articles specifically – which I believe even the ChatGPT, well, ChatGPT is first off, it's built on Microsoft's OpenAI platform. So it's built on Microsoft Azure using web services from Microsoft. And they're about to integrate it with Bing. So there's your Microsoft. Low-code, no-code is Microsoft Power Platform. It's not the only low-code, no-code platform builder, but that's the one that we know the most about. And then what was the other one? Remote workers, mm -hmm. which were a full remote organization. So yep. if there are... If there are experts in any of those areas, we're, we're about as close yes. as you get. <laughs> so <laughs> looking forward to this one. All right. Well, where are we starting? Let's start with BuzzFeed. Okay. Um, so this, and I'll post all of these articles so you guys can follow along. Um, but it's saying BuzzFeed is the newest company to start using AI both in editorial and business operations to utilize their text generation systems um, to produce quizzes and okay. articles and things like that oh quizzes mm -hmm. right because buzzfeed's cool. like the what huffle like what a uh, harry potter yeah. house are you 
that's I think the, how I learned about like BuzzFeed back in the day was like their little quizzes. Their quizzes, right? What right. friends character are you? Not which which they're... Harry Potter house do you belong to? What else do they? What else does BuzzFeed do? No, not because of their reputable news, that's for sure. It's not that. <laughs> I... They used to have like a ton of like cool videos and stuff, and then you kind they of like did. saw that wave of all those YouTube videos that were like, "This is why I left BuzzFeed." Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I forgot about those that were like, uh, they did like, it was kind of like a reel before reels. Like it would be like a montage of like things happening. It would be like, there's a, it would be like news. Ooh, I don't know. I never watched that. Oh, you don't remember those? I really just remember the Maybe. quizzes. I thought that was BuzzFeed. And it was like, uh, it would play a video on Facebook and it'd be like, this week in the MLB and it would show like a highlight and then it would show another thing. It was like, I I'm not on Snapchat, but there, there's the Snapchat. Don't they do like highlights or something like that? My brother, he's an actor out in LA, but he's been in a couple of like the Snapchat, like series. Series. Is that what they're called? Yeah. yeah. He's been in like, um, some like crime ones. It's funny. Like they'll hire actors to like do these like things on Snapchat. Interesting. Which you wouldn't think, but Snapchat's one of those tech companies they're in Silicon Valley, so they're out in San Francisco. Is that where your brother lives in the Bay Area? You said L.A. 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 Yeah. So the the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, which is, if you're a tech company, a lot of a lot of commercial application companies are born in Silicon Valley. It's like the heart of applications. Twitter, Snapchat, what Uber I think was there, Lyft, like Netflix. There's a whole show, Silicon Valley. Have you seen Silicon Valley on HBO? Do you have HBO? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like a comedy, right? It's a comedy. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. A little bit of it. Yeah. I remember like the one big scene where they're doing like the math problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And uh, I don't know. Maybe, 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 I'm sure everybody who's listening to this, our audience probably thinks that show's hilarious because it's very tech nerdy. Like it's a nerdy, funny comedy. It's, it's, it's about it's about Silicon Valley and it's kind of like a workplace comedy. You know, you get a lot of workplace comedies. Uh, NBC just came out with a new workplace comedy called American auto. Have you seen that? It's no. not very good. I started watching it just cause I think workplace comedies are hilarious. So I started watching it and it's not, that, it's not that good. It's kind of dumb, but Silicon Valley, the TV show was a workplace comedy about startups in Silicon Valley. So it follows uh, somebody who's trying to, I think it's like paid Piper or Pied Piper is the name of the startup company and they're just like a Dropbox essentially. Gives me like workaholic vibes. It is. It's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Anyways, they used to do, BuzzFeed used to do videos about different industries and stuff like that. And Snapchat has kind of taken that over a little bit with their stories or, like I said, I, I haven't been on, I don't go on Snapchat. So, but they have those feeds, at least they used to. Where it would be like this week in the MLB and it would show like clips, like mm. snap length clips. Instagram stories kind of does it a little bit with like news feeds, but BuzzFeed kind of did that way before Snap, way before Instagram or anything. I never knew that. I knew them from like their like actual video content, like, you know, like the Try Guys or something like that. I don't know what that is. Uh, What's Try Guys? <laughs> it's like a group of like a bunch of guys. Um, and they would just like try stuff out, but they were huge and they just were huge again because one of the guys was not so great. Oh. Google that. He wasn't a good person. No. Imagine that. 
Imagine an internet celebrity not being a good person. Google that. It was a thing like two months ago, and everybody's like, what is Try Guys? It was all over. Wow. It does, I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. Oh, internet celebrities, they're all fake. They're all, I mean, most of them, like, they're not who they say they are. Right. Most of them, if not all of them, are not who they say they are. It's all an act. It's all them trying to just appease their fan base that most of them are just paid per, paid subscription people. And, it, like, that they have paid some bot to follow them. It's crazy, which is another good documentary that I watched, Fake Famous. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. crazy it's no. crazy it's about this this they try to build an influencer by buying hundreds of thousands of followers and so they bought like 150,000 followers like purchased them you know and then took these like pictures that made her look like an influencer and then she started getting endorsement deals and then from the fake following follower base and then eventually the algorithm read her as an, an influencer and started pumping her so she had like 300 and some followers 150 of them or so were fake just bots but she had built an audience plus that like more right. than that through the algorithms Mm-mm. you see that a lot on like the fake oh, yeah. uh, fake accounts but well, yeah it's BuzzFeed, like elon's big hmm. thing right coming in Getting rid of like the bots and stuff. That was that, yeah. That was a lot of Elon's push for for, for Twitter. So BuzzFeed, yeah, that's. And so what are they doing? They're right because they used to have a blog too. It was like uh, top ten. They do a lot of top ten lists, don't they? Yeah. Top ten places to travel during the summer, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, which is just, it's just it's just Chat right. GPT. I mean, right. It's just very like skewed now, so I think people have kind of right. Like, let's just let the bot went do it. away from it. Plus, um, there's no way that BuzzFeed's making any money. No, no. So this is saying, um, so this announcement comes after they just laid off 12 percent of its newsroom in December. Right. I mean, who reads BuzzFeed anymore? Nobody. Nobody. No. I didn't even like BuzzFeed. To me, was like. What was that? Uh, Bleacher Report is Bleacher Report like still the thing? The Onion is not. Yeah, it's kind of like the Onion. The Onion's Please like fake funny. At least Onion. The Onion has a lane. At least right. it's like it's no. a parody. Stuff. Buzzfeed is like really serious about it, and like right, they're like take us serious. We're Buzzfeed. And you're like what? Yikes! What was that show? Or that not a show? It was a uh, it was an internet website. It was called E Bombs World. Do you remember E Bombs World? A little bit. Yeah. That's Buzzfeed. I feel like Buzzfeed like. Was at war with like E Bombs World and won, and then then they were like, "Oh crap!" Is there news on E Bombs World? They had shows, they had like clips. It was Remember basically they used to have, like, like um that Will Ferrell. Yeah. Like little Funny or Die. Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think of it. Which I think Funny or Die still remember. exists. Funny or Die, right. I think, is the best thing that came out of E Bombs World. I don't remember news on it though. And and Funny or Die still is around because they right. got Will Ferrell. But before Will Ferrell Funner, Funny or Die, Ebombs World was basically just like Instagram. Like it was just a feed of nonsense where you went to like find your <laughs> gifts, <laughs> you know, yeah. like back before the Internet, like people really figured out how to use the Internet. So, yeah, BuzzFeed replaces their workforce with ChatGPT. Generally speaking, I would be like, this is a stupid move. Why are you replacing people with ChatGPT? Dumb. But BuzzFeed, it makes sense. 
Now, laying off 12% right. of their workforce, now whoever's left, or you said news force, whoever's left is probably the ones who are actually trying to do like real journalism. And the ones that they laid off are probably real journalism. I'm sorry. Right. The, uh, <laughs> BuzzFeed, whatever they do. I don't know what they do. But whatever, whoever's, whoever they laid off were probably the ones who are making like top 10 lists. And there's probably not, they probably still have a few of them that they, they kept on that do top 10 lists because you have, somebody still has to use ChatGPT and kind of expand upon the lists. They just won't have to put as much creative thought into making the lists. So somebody in this article, he, he says, we squishy meat sacks is what he refers to. I suppose what? the humans that live there. Squishy meat <laughs> That sacks. work there. Oh, yeah. okay. Would serve as idea sources for AI text generators. Right. Or his own species as cultural currency and inspired prompts. Mm. So they have the pulse on trends of pop culture. Mm -hmm. And then they would ask trendy topics to ChatGPT to produce the lists and quizzes. Mm -hmm. Because they would have to ask ChatGPT what friends character are you in order for it to produce the list and they would have to know that people care about friends by, based on the ratings right but this is saying it could provide could provide more personalized answers based on the user's more specific responses rather than based on a score range or rank, ranked choice system like they are today right mm -hmm. right because the more that you use ChatGPT, it's learning from you and it's learning based on your scores so it could just prompt something that the that ChatGPT believes that the end user wants to hear. Could backfire. I still think a lot of this ChatGPT stuff is going to backfire. I, I don't think that you're going to be able to use it to replace marketing or like we had Alex Vanderhaar on talk about SEO. So a big part of SEO is unique response right. and unique writing of a blog. So if I write a blog and I'm typing, all of my words are unique characters or well unless i've plagiarized but if you copy and paste an article and paste it onto your onto your website the internet reads it as not unique and so you'll score lower in your seo at least in theory you're supposed to so if everyone is searching for the same uh, chat gpt blog articles to post then they're going to have similar right. blog posts and in theory that would hurt your seo hmm. i don't think we're there yet because this technology is four months, three months old. Right. I went on there the other day to use it, and it said it was full. It yeah. was like, come back later. Right. And so if you're BuzzFeed, what do you All do right. then? Yes, not. Right. What, you just laid off 12% of your workforce so that the bot could tell you that you're not allowed in the chat room? Right. Like, what are right. you supposed to do then? It's like, we'll email you when you can get back in. Right. We'll, we'll let you know. Cool. Um, what? Okay. Just do right. something else for now. Right. I guess I'll go pretend to do my job over here. So the, the uh, yeah, it's... What do you do? What does BuzzFeed right. do? The but the people are just going to pretend to be on the keyboard. Like, don't worry, boss. Like, what do you what do you do? I feel like that happens there anyways. If your whole job is to ask ChatGPT questions and ChatGPT is down now, ChatGPT is in beta right now, mm -hmm. which yeah. I think we did. We talk about that on another podcast. Yeah, it's just it's it's in beta right now. Right. So that means that they could take it down and throw it away at any point. They could be like, nah, didn't do what we wanted it to do. Doesn't it doesn't fit the market to the point we wanted it to? It doesn't look like any of that's going to happen. But beta is for a select period. It's select users. It's a controlled release. 
It's not a full release deployment of the application. It is released to a to a, a controlled group. That's what a beta release is. And it could totally take it off. Or I did see today that ChatGPT is releasing a paid subscription monthly. Mm. Did you see that? No. It'd be $50 a month. So I mean, it makes sense for them. Right. You're using their platform. They have to pay for this somehow. The server usage is going to go through the roof. So they'll end up making a ton of money off of it. Yeah. And businesses who are laying somebody off that maybe you are paying them forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, you are saving money by paying them paying $50 now. Even if you have to buy multiple subscriptions, you're still saving money. Right. Right. And part of why I grabbed this article um, at the end here, it just said BuzzFeed isn't alone. They're part of like this huge group of businesses, obviously, that are moving to this chat GPT movement. Um, and then it says here, Microsoft announced this week a multi-year, multi-billion dollar investment into OpenAI's text generation systems. Right. Exactly two days before announcing that they would be laying off 10,000 10, people. 10,000 people. Does it say where they're laying the people off from? Um, like what sections of the business? I'd be interested to to know if you could find that. Because we, we, we looked into these layoffs. Now, Microsoft hid for a while from layoffs while Twitter was laying people off and Amazon and Netflix and Twitter, or I already said Twitter, but who else? Lyft, Uber, Snapchat, all kinds of people were laying people off. And I believe I went on a podcast and was like, look, Microsoft isn't laying people off. Right. <laughs> Which I'll, I'll eat that crow a little bit. But those were because, uh, and I still believe, it was based on the new technologies. The open AI technology is built on Microsoft Azure. Microsoft has these low-code, no-code platforms. So I believe that if, you know, there is a business structure to build on, it is building on low-code, no-code developers and keeping your people intact. Where Microsoft probably laid people off, because where they're struggling a little bit, is in hardware. And I would be interested trying to if look it was here. hardware. I'm not seeing it. That's what happened with Amazon. Amazon, when they made their layoffs, which they did two rounds of layoffs. If you remember, they laid off customer service and hardware, which hardware for them is... Okay, you're right here. What does it say? Um, the company is facing slower PC and cloud sales. Yep. PC, hardware. Mm-hmm. Nobody's bu- People are not buying computers like they used to. And that's because the computers... And that's why we're doing a contest at that's work. Right, that's right. That's <laughs> right. And now, I mean that as in the individual consumer. So the individual consumer is not going into Best Buy and buying computer machines like they used to. Gaming PCs and stuff like that, those were huge. And people would go and they'd buy these super gaming computers... And people are still doing that, but the people who are serious about gaming now are building their own. Building their own. Mm-hmm. Or they're using, you know, the Xboxes and the PS5s and stuff like that. They've gotten so much more powerful that they can compete with PCs now. So you're seeing hardware sales in the gaming industry go down a little bit. And then more so, 
how many Alexas and Cortana devices do you really need in your house? We've seen Alexa devices and these Google Home devices. They've been around now for years, Cl probably close to a decade. Maybe not, maybe not quite a decade, but pretty dang close. How many do you need? Are you really upgrading your Echo Dot to like Gen 7? Do you really care because the speaker is that much better? So at some point, you you accelerated your growth in those areas to sell more dots, to sell more Cortana, to sell more PCs. And now people are like, I'm good. I, I have a powerful PC. It doesn't need to turn over like it used to. You're starting to see that Surface devices, which Microsoft put a ton of money into recently, are compatible now. They have a good product. Whereas prior to, the Surface product was shit. It was, it was awful. It ran its own operating system. You couldn't get the same Windows, uh, uh, the Windows 10 type of applications or the Windows 8, which Windows 8 was a beta product. So you had these like Surface-specific applications, whereas now the Surface devices are essentially just PCs that are built as tablets or whatever, you know? And Surface devices are doing, they're doing well, but you don't have to constantly upgrade them like you would your phone. Right. So it doesn't surprise me at all that Microsoft laid off, what was it, 10? 10,000. 10,000. And they're investing into Microsoft OpenAI, which is in that same article because ChatGPT, which BuzzFeed and all these other companies are starting to turn to, is built on Microsoft OpenAI, which is the that text, text reader, speech reader, uh, image reader. There's like seven different tools within OpenAI which text reader is the one that ChatGPT uses to, to build this. Is that the one that they said they were investing the, the billion dollars into? Yeah. Yeah. Which they have speech reader, image reader. So like the image reader one, if you, if you upload an image of a fox 10,000 times, then using their smart cameras, which we have one upstairs actually. We have one of their, their AI cameras then you can train a camera to recognize a fox. So you could have a trap set with a AI camera. And then if your dog runs by, it knows that it's a dog, not a fox. So nothing happens. And then if it sees a fox, then it'll kill it. You know, whereas you're starting to see people who built beta with those cameras around cat doors. Mm -hmm. So it'll let your cat in, but it won't let a wild animal yeah, okay. and you just have to upload a bunch of pictures of your cat. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And so that's the vis that's the visual reader, uh, but the te the text reader is the one that is on fire right now. So no surprise there that Microsoft investing how much money? Billions. Yeah, billions with a B. Yeah, multi billion. They're not stupid, but if you're going to invest all that money. I guess you gotta lay you gotta lay some people off. I guess you gotta find the billions of dollars somewhere. That sucks for those people, and they're in hardware, so they're probably salesmen. Right. Sales or customer service is what I would guess. You said that it was PC hardware, and what was the other one? Cloud. Cloud, Azure. Cloud sales. Cloud sales. Here's my projection for the next five years. Cloud sales and cloud will become more expensive and people will turn back to on-premise storage where everybody has a, everybody now should have a cloud strategy. 
if you don't have a cloud strategy by now, you don't exist. There's no way you made it through 2020, the pandemic. There's there's zero chance that you made it through and didn't have a cloud strategy. Now your cloud strategy might be, well, we use Microsoft 365 or we use Google Suite or we use Dropbox or we use SharePoint. That might be your cloud strategy, but you're using the cloud in some, some form or fashion. As you grow and scale, the cloud, if everybody moves to cloud, cloud will become more expensive for the cloud providers. Whereas the whole cell, the CapEx versus OpEx, so operating expenses versus capital expenses, the reason why is you move from a capital expense, meaning I have to pay for the servers, the air conditioning, the electricity, the structure, the security in which to maintain servers so that I can have data running to power my business. That all costs money. That's called capital expense. You move capital expense to operating expense, mean, meaning how much storage do I actually need to run these mission critical applications? That's operating expense. So you're moving capital expense or CapEx to operating expense or OpEx by moving to the cloud. Sooner or later, the operating expense of how much it costs to run your mission critical applications in the cloud will far exceed capital expense that would be to purchase a server. At some point, it's going to happen. And you'll start to see the shift back to people buying their own servers to run things. They'll be like, oh, well, I don't need the cloud. I just need a small little server. Similar to people where it's before, it was like, well, I don't really need a new server. I can just go into the cloud for Burst. So Burst is how cloud came on, where you had server rooms. And then you were like, well, I just need it for instances like Black Friday when things happen and we have a, an unusual amount of traffic. So I'll purchase some cloud hosting so that during those times, my, my, my site doesn't go down. So I have Burst. So it'll flex into the cloud so that I don't lose visitors. It's going to go the other way around where it's because that's how cloud came in. Well, I'll just purchase this a little bit. And sooner or later, it's going to be the other way. You have everything in the cloud and you're like, well, I want to control some of my data and I don't want all my data to be in the cloud in case I have to like shut down subscriptions or whatever. And so I want to control some mission critical data. So I'm going to have my own server and you're going to start buying small servers. So I think this trend from Microsoft laying off cloud people, I think eventually you're going to start to see the trend, the pendulum swing back the other way. I don't think we'll ever get back to everybody doing business on-prem again, but data is the new gold. And soon businesses are going to start realizing that where they're like, holy crap, I just gave Microsoft or Amazon or Google or Blue Ocean or whoever they're using as their cloud provider, all of my data. And now I have to pay them a subscription for the rest of my being in order to have that data, have access to that data. I control nothing. At some point, they're going to realize that and wake up and say, I need a server. Even if it's a small ass server, you're going to put your mission critical CRM information, your customer data, whatever it is, on a small server somewhere as your backup. That'll come back because everybody has cloud now. What do you need an Azure sales rep for? Plus, that's a partner network. That's why they, that's why people like us exist. Right. So interesting. I'm not making excuses for, for Microsoft. They, you know, I just, it's predictable. We saw this happen last year with Amazon and we said, that makes sense. And now we saw that same trend with, with Microsoft, which Amazon laid off 12,000, Microsoft laid off 10,000. That's essentially the same thing. 
it's, just, it's essentially the same layoff. So good on BuzzFeed, I guess, for moving to ChatGPT. I, I, I think it's a shame that they're laying off 12% of their employee base, but they're probably doing it to stay open. I mean, who right. reads BuzzFeed anymore? I, I didn't yeah, even know BuzzFeed was still around. Well for a while. I didn't even know it was still around. I do occasionally Google the, like, so I have kids, and we did the, which Harry Potter house are you? Have you ever done one of those before? Yeah. Are you a big Harry Potter? Um, I you like messaged it. on my post the other day you where spelled I spelled Gryffindor wrong. I spelled You're like, Gryffindor I'm wrong. the biggest fan ever. I didn't say I was the biggest wrong. fan ever. I just said, you know, I went to the Harry Potter. The uh, Harry Potter store. That's store right. In New York. Which no, was, I do really like it. It was pretty cool. The store. It had two levels, and they had like these wands, where you could like cast spells on smartphones. And different things do. Yeah, things. and like the things do things. Mm -hmm. I got all the kids, like hats of all That's the different awesome. houses and uh which i know which houses they are because we did a buzzfeed i feel like i'm like hufflepuff or something eleanor is hufflepuff i can see that it's a very female <laughs> uh house avery was slytherin and uh and chase was uh ravenclaw okay i got hufflepuff yeah so after I just called it a female house, it's, it is. Makes sense. It, I am Hufflepuff. I don't know. Does it make sense? Makes sense. <laughs> okay. Female house, of course you would get it, Roy. I did get Hufflepuff. Yeah. I'm kidding. All right, what do we got next? Uh, low code, no code. So same thing. Yeah. Apps and development. It's all kind of the same thing. So how automation, low code, no code can fight the talent shortage? Yeah. First off, I don't think there's a talent shortage. I think that is a myth. There is no there is no talent shortage. I think there is. Now, some people will be like, oh, well, you know, the people are retiring early and, oh, well, the government is just handing out paychecks and people aren't going back to work. And no, we had too many jobs where people were working multiple jobs. And then people went to COVID and now people don't have to have multiple jobs anymore. And they're like, why the hell would I go back to making pennies to kill myself to go back to work three jobs? I don't need to do that anymore. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that there's a talent shortage. I think that, one, I think that people don't want to work for crappy businesses anymore. And two, I think that we are still in the uh, Great Resignation. I think people are just leaving. And and people are, are just like, I don't want to work for you. Yeah. Which I I think this whole talent shortage there there are there's tons of talent out there. We just put out another job for an HR assistant. I had so many people apply to that that LinkedIn took it down. You saw that. Mm-hmm. We had it up for what did we have it up for like twenty minutes. Right. And and what did what did LinkedIn say? Like we had to pay them or something we like pay that. Pay for more applicants. <laughs> yeah. Why would I pay for more? I just have thirty two people. Thirty here that are good. I, I mean, HR remote, you can't go wrong. Thirty two applicants though in twenty minutes, and LinkedIn shut down our job post. Mm -hmm. I think the other one's almost closed too, or it yeah. is already. 
Which we had more than 30 people apply to that one, too. Or close to 30. Close to. Yeah. Whereas the last time we were hiring, we had 70 applicants. So, it, I mean, am I? are we some anomaly of a business that... I mean, I, if I just mentioned that we're hiring on a stand-up call, every single one of you guys is like, I got a friend, I got this person, I got that person, I got this. So is it that we have a talent shortage or is that people just don't want to work shitty jobs anymore? I think that's it. I think, it's, I think that's <laughs> it too. I think people are just don't want to work for crappy managers and mm. they want to work for somebody who actually cares about them. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I tell you guys every morning. I'm like, hey, like, if you guys want to leave, then, you know, I hope you don't. You're all replaceable. I do tell you guys that, <laughs> don't I? I do say that. It's exactly. kind of like tongue-in-cheek a little bit when I say that. We take it lightly. We know you're kidding. Yeah. But I do say that. You're not special. You're, not special. you're, you're all, all replaceable. replaceable. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I do say that. I, I mean it kind of as a joke. But what what I do mean seriously when I tell you guys is if you go somewhere else, you're a number and people don't care about you. I've been in that position before I started Capital Presence. I worked for other companies and I was a chop shop number. They didn't give a shit. They didn't they didn't care. I I saw I talked to them like twice a year on my annual reviews and they I had some person who I didn't even really know telling me if my performance was adequate. Mm -hmm. I will say we were filling out, um, we got nominated nominated for Washington Business Journal's like third time best around. place to work for the third year. Um, so I was filling it out and it was so easy to write. Yeah. It's like, well, what, why did you put that? Right. Do you feel like your company cares about you? And it was so easy to just like fill everything out. You didn't feel out. like you were making stuff up or No, not at all. Right. Normally you'd be like kind of stumped like, uh, I don't know. Oh, like, what do they really do? But I was like, "Well, good." This is their motto. I mean, I we like try it. really hard yeah. to build a good culture, and we mean it when we say culture. It's not ping pong tables and and uh, pizza parties, you know. So I went to the office. We do have it like an office for a mailbox. Yeah. Not that we work there if we needed to. But I went to pick up the mail today, and there was one lady that I had met before, <laughs> yeah. and she, I think she was just so excited to see another human being. We talked for like 30 minutes. She was our old neighbor. Mm -hmm. So we did used to have a physical office. We no longer have a physical office, which that'll get into our next article. But we did have a physical office, and we build low-code, no-code solutions, which is what this is this is talking about, and, and it is using low-code, no-code to support the what do they call it job shortage mm -hmm. talent shortage talent shortage right talent shortage part of the talent shortage of low code no code is nobody knows how to use low code no code and there aren't low code no code developers well, out there and so explain people... low code no code for somebody who would have no idea what it is yeah so low code no code Briefly. is so in from microsoft it is a specific language called powerfx and so powerfx is power functions it's very similar to Excel. So if you've ever used Excel and you write, you know, equals sum, open parentheses, select my data set, close, and it gives you the sum. That's low code. I didn't write some crazy code to pull. There are built-in functions is what they're called. 
that pull information and present information. Then you have different elements that are already created by the programs out there. I'm going to use Microsoft Power Apps as the example because that's what we use to develop rapid applications. So when you go to create a new application, you create a mobile app or a tablet app, or you could build a model-driven application, which is a, a desktop application, essentially. But we, we, we typically use Canvas apps is what they're called. And you build a mobile application or a tablet application. And so when you choose tablet application, it will the screen will already be the size of a tablet, which you can change the different ones. You could choose, like, I'm building this for iPads, I'm building this for whatever. And it'll change the screen based on that. So you don't have to write that code. And then it'll be like, add a button. And you click insert button. And a button will pop up. And then you click on the button and you click over on the color swatch and you change the color of the button. Right? It's like a drag and drop type of development. That would be no code. If there was no code involved, you are clicking and dragging buttons to to do things. Right? Some like something that someone like me could like learn how to do. Exactly. In the in the afternoon. Like uh Canva. Canva's another example of that would be a no code platform. You're not coding anything, but you're building things to be presented on the internet, right? I, I believe that you can add interactions in Canva, right? If you click here, it'll play or something like that. That's no code. There's no code involved. You're just doing it. So no code would be click and drag, point, you know, add a button. When you click this button, it goes to this URL. No code involved. Low code is when you add in the elements of functions, like the Excel functions for Power Automate. It's called PowerFX. And so you'd be like, on this button, when you on select, go to this page and then comma transition dot screen swipe or transition fly in or something like that, right? Where the, that's the, the animation that you're associating with, right? That would be the function that you're writing in. But then you can add in like APIs and queries and filters and patch commands where you're sending information places. So that's the low code elements of the no code. So you can do it no code. If you wanted to build a power app with no code, you can do it because it integrates into SharePoint. They won't look very good, but you can do it. But then the, the low code elements is where you're building these applications that otherwise would have taken years to develop. Right, so you're not in need of like these crazy like software engineers like developers anymore. And so that's where this this is talking about talent shortage. The talent shortage is people don't know how to use these programs. Right. We've been building power apps for seven years. So anybody who works for me knows how to build a power app. And I am damn good at power apps, which not to toot my own horn or anything like that, but according to LinkedIn and Microsoft, I'm top 15% in the world. But really? I am. So you can go to my LinkedIn page and read that, actually. But the, uh, as in, I took a quiz and it ranked me, not like I just am pu pushing it out there. Um, but prior to Power Apps and Power Automate, which we were going after a federal contract not too long ago. I'm not going to say who the company was or anything like that. And we ended up winning the contract. And I was like, we need X amount of Power Apps developers, X amount of Power Automate uh, 
developers and I'm talking, you know, like we have these people, but I know that it's split multiple ways and companies, this is what you need to be looking for. And the person was like, power automate. Well, that's only been out for a year. I'm like, Oh <laughs> my God. Right. Yeah. I'm like, well, I guess maybe they're far ahead, but sometimes the government is so far behind. Well, that was not the government's doing. That wasn't, that was a com commercial oh. company. They just, the industry doesn't know how long low code, no code platforms have been out. They don't know. And so if you don't know the software exists and you think the software has only been out for a year, how are you training people on how to use it? You're not. And so the developers, this talent shortage is a lot of these developers were SharePoint developers who were using things like Nintex, InfoPath, SharePoint Designer, all of which was archived out by Microsoft 2022, 2021. You know, this is this old tech. And so as this old tech expires and goes out, you have all these JavaScript developers that nobody wants you to be a full developer anymore if you're developing in Microsoft or some of these softwares. So this Department of Labor estimates that the global shortage of software engineers may reach 85.2 million by 2030. More than four out of five businesses cannot attract or retain their software developers or engineers. Um, in response, the average company obviated the need for hiring two IT developers by using low-code, no-code tools. Yeah. So we stopped, uh, we stopped hiring senior developers. Mm -hmm. I don't do it anymore. Yeah, all of our postings are junior. They all. Yeah. Because I can build a low-code, no-code developer into a mid-level senior developer in 18 months. That's me. Other companies can't do that. And so they're having to go out and they're having to go hire somebody and pay them 150 k to come in there and honestly screw their systems up by developing JavaScript and their own, you know, full code applications that are going to be obsolete here in a couple of years. It's bad, bad mm -hmm. if you're doing that. Now, if you, it, I think it's a bad idea. I'm not going to, yeah, I think it's a bad idea. Now, if you, if you turn to low code, no code, which is where all these big platforms are headed, okay, is robotic process automation, low code, no code. This is where everything is going, okay? That's where Zapier comes in or Zapier, whatever you want to call it, or if you're in the Microsoft world, Power Automate. Like these are these low code, no code, robotic process automation. If this, then that type functionality, you don't need these crazy developers to do that stuff anymore. Now, if you're building some like, huge enterprise applications, you might still need a developer, okay? But if you're talking about day-to-day -day process automation and building building your tools to say, well, you know, when I upload a document, go do this and collect the signature, you don't need a developer for that anymore, like a crazy developer. You can train somebody up in it. And if you, if you wanna learn this stuff, I recorded a whole course on it at online365.academy and for 50 bucks a month, if you took that course and if you took it, if you went through that whole course two or three times, I guarantee you, you could get a job. Guarantee you get a job. Not only would you get a job in the IT low-code, no-code industry, you would be making good money at it and, and have multiple offers. That's why all the people who work for me, all the developers right now, including you, everybody who works for us who just understands low-code, no-code, you guys are you guys don't understand how set you are. And 
you could go work somewhere else and you go work for somebody who doesn't understand low code, no code, and they don't understand the platforms and you would sit there and you won't learn another thing for the rest of your career. And if that's what you want to do, go do it. Or you can continue to work for us and you'll learn the next wave of shit like model driven applications, power virtual agents. You'll learn how to build an AI. You'll learn how to build these applications that run off machine learning from no internet. Like we talked about today, those edge stacks, Microsoft edge stack. This, we are light years ahead of companies. Now companies are saying low code, no code. What, what, when did this come out? When was the article? This week, a couple of days ago. This, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Low code, no code is seven, eight years old. So they're predicting by, uh, let's see here. 41, no, 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 no. 2026, 44.5 billion. It's projected to grow. The industry? Low code development technologies. That's us. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. And we are the best at it. There, I, I am 1,000% confident saying there is not a company who is better than us at low code, no code on the entire East Coast. There's, there's not a single company. And there is no talent shortage that we are dealing with because we train our own people. Right. So if you are dealing with a talent shortage, you need to get into low code, no code. Figure out what you're doing. And if you don't want to hire somebody, then come talk to us and we'll hook y'all up. And Mm -hmm. if you do want to figure out what you're doing, then you won't have a talent shortage. It's as simple as that. Learn how can you hire for any position if you don't know what it is? How could you do how could you do that? Right. When you started at the winery, were they just like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna host wedding events and you're gonna have to figure it out? Kinda. I mean I never had made a, done a wedding myself before. I went to school for, for it. Did but... they didn't provide you any training? Um, I was an intern there, so a little bit different. Yeah. But you but, but intern... I had never done a wedding, but I got that job because I was an intern. Yeah. But in, as an intern, you shadowed people and you learned and you, I'm sure you right. went through some sort of training program. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, they never, they didn't just throw me into it. They weren't just like, hey, we need a wedding Here's planner. Here's the first one. You go. Uh, you. No. Figure they it made out. made me do a few by myself. Right. Or with somebody. With somebody. And that's how loco no that's how we do it. Right. We, we, I hire somebody. You work with me. Mm-hmm. You work with one of my other people. You learn, you know, you're, I'm Mr. Miyagi. And you're uh, Danielson, and you will learn, and you will learn very fast. <laughs> so much so that I took somebody who was a teacher, just found this out actually. He was a teacher, had no low code, no code experience. I took him under my wing, taught him how to low code, no code, and he just won an award. He got the really? uh, I Care Award. At the Veteran Affairs. Nice. Just, yeah, he just you, texted me. You got that a few years ago. I right? got that when I was when I was my first contract. I read that in your bio. That's, on go work wherever. <laughs> and every person that works for me, that's I mean that. He cares, guys. I will train you up. Go to online365.academy and you'll. That's my training program, right there on demand. There you go. You'll you will learn and you will be sought after by all these companies. That are trying to turn to low code, no code because they don't know what the hell they're doing. I do like the end of this article. It sums it up. It's saying that by 2025, Marcus, sorry, Microsoft, Microsoft, Microsoft. anticipates that 500 million apps. It 
its exports will be created over the next five years, mm -hmm. 450 million. Okay, so out of 500 million apps, yeah. 450 million will be designed will be low on low-code yeah. and no-code platforms. Totally believe it. And then for these platforms to develop the full market potential, they're ex projected to the following six areas need to see continual innovation, including designing and incorporating AI and machine learning. Yep, we're there. Um, constructing low-code platforms that allow for real-time iteration. Yep. Um, implementing a consistent in infrastructure and mm -hmm. architectural strategy that seamlessly integrates with DevOps workflows. Yep. Improving the ability to scale and support data-centric, data-centric process-centric yeah. development Cloud. cycles. Yeah. Increasing the focus in API development on improving integration with on-premise and cloud-based data. Yeah, that's a big one. And ensuring the same code line can support multiple personas, including frameworks, app, app templates, and tools. Yeah, Microsoft is investing a ton into their application framework with, around power, the power, power functions, power effects. That's new. It wasn't called power effects before. They used multiple different languages. APIs is huge. Because you can't have low code, no code if you don't have adequate APIs. You have to get you have to be able to get the data in. So the the faster and better you can get the data in, the more that you can do with it on the low code, no code. And then if you can't grab the APIs, then you have to result to other types of like JSON and and that's where you need an actual developer. So those all make sense to me. I think we hit those too. We do. That's really good. And you can go to ChatGPT and ask it to develop a JSON to pull a specific set of code. Which you did something this morning, right? I did do that. I wrote a function for pulling an API. Yeah, I did. So there you go. It will literally write functions for you. Yeah. It will do the work for you. It's crazy. You now, can use I, this tool to use another tool right. to become an expert. It's crazy. But yeah, I think what's next for low code, no code is uh, web services. So cloud web services. So it just said that 400,000 of the next 500,000. Or I'm sorry, 400 million. Of the 450 next... million out of 500 million. So the next four, the next 450 million applications will be developed with low code, no code. Those other 50 million applications will be your traditional cloud applications through like web services and stuff like that. And so I think that's next. I think soon you'll be able to build an AI like a a reader, a scanner, you know, through a low code, no code platform. You can already do that with a QR reader. Power Apps has a QR reader AI plugin that you can drop drop and drag low-code, no-code, where you could have a uh, inventory scanner app through a QR where you just walk around a warehouse and beep, 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 check in. It's already available in low-code, mm. no-code. And I think that you're going to see that accelerate over the next couple of years. All right, what's the third article? I like this. This is fun. The last I'm nerding one, out today, Sid. It's okay. It's a good. <laughs> I think it's a good departure from um, From robots that are trying to robots. murder you? We'll have yeah. to get back to it at some point. I got to put my tinfoil hat back on. <laughs> so this one here, um, remote work based. So there was a new study that just came out um, globally. They found that remote workers saved an average of 72 minutes in commute time every day in 2021 and 2022. Um, and what they spent their extra time on was surprising. Drum roll. Um, extra work. Yeah, go figure. Yeah. It's not, It's like everything that we've been saying, it's like I, we should just have like a told you so button. 
We need, okay. to, we need to get like a told you so button. You know, like the staples easy button. I was like, that was easy. Rory tried to staple my head today. I did. <laughs> <laughs> he shot a staple at my head. Oh my god! From a staple gun. Yeah, sorry, Evan. I almost it's killed fine. your future bride. Um, yeah, I we so we added some things to the to the studio here. We're making some studio improvements because we're going doing more and more on YouTube, and we're going to have multiple cameras. I like this lighting. It it's makes good, me right? Look tan. You it makes need you one look of tan? these lights over there for you. Do I look tan? I look super. No. There's no way I look tan. <laughs> Every, I look like a totally different like race than you. I look totally pale. It's funny. So much so that when I, we were in Nashville last for our family vacation, people at the bar did not believe that my brother and I were related because they said that <laughs> I was too pale to be related to my brother. True story. It's just a, I don't know. You sound exactly the same though. I think so too. I was like, just listen to our voice. No, you literally sound the exact same. Yeah, sound it always like freaks me out when I hear him talk because I just like picture your face. Yeah. Well, hey. Sorry, Christopher. My pale ass face is what people think of when they hear your voice. So <laughs> the um, what was that? Oh, the staple. So we're making all these studio improvements, which we got a a palm tree. I like it. I know you would like that. I. I when I was looking for things for the, I was like, Sydney wants a palm tree. I'll get a. Well, there's palm trees in our sign. There is palm trees, yeah. It yeah. makes sense. So we added a bunch of things. We got new microphones. Sydney's mic is new. It's a new sure mic. That's why she sounds so good. We added these these pictures. We added up lighting all around the studio. We got another GoPro. So now we have two GoPros. So we're assuming we have three cameras, which we're going back and forth. We're investing a lot into YouTube. So if you guys watch us, go to the uh, at YouTube or youtube.com at Capital Presence on YouTube. And watch us because we're putting a ton into this. We totally did redid Sydney's desk and everything like that. And so I had to staple a cord to the ceiling and uh, I shot a staple at Sydney by accident, obviously. I was using a staple she gun. Graced my hair. And it barely missed her head. Otherwise, she'd be dead right now. I'm just here. <gasps> yeah. I, I, like, I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll be fine. So, uh, but that's what this whole podcast was built on, was remote work. That's why it's called the Work Wherever Podcast, is because when we first started this podcast, we were like, we are going to talk about things that boosts this remote work culture, which is all built on low-code, no-code applications, which is all built on artificial intelligence and robotic process automation and all these different tools that now we've gotten to be able to talk about because, you know, a year ago, when we had this idea to rebrand the application that we are, or the podcast, we already knew these things existed. We were like, mm -hmm. more people need to learn about this. And now it's all starting to come out and we look like geniuses to be like, oh, wow, we have this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's definitely a podcast about also how to get to working wherever. Right. Yes, how to get super to that cool, point. Right. And you can work from your RV or whatever. That is But the you can't point. do that if you don't have these things in place yeah it's not it's possible it's not possible it's, so you'd be stupid so you need a little background yeah you need to be able to understand the technology that we're talking about right. so that you can implement it into your business so that you can go work from a beach or the kentucky derby right. like us or wherever literally wherever you want including locations that don't have internet which that's our next push but yeah go figure in America, how much was it? You said worldwide it was how much? A hundred hours. Seventy-two minutes. 
Worldwide, China had the most 102 minutes per day, which makes sense, I guess. Because their commute, yeah. More traffic. Yeah. Um, but in the U.S., it was 55 minutes a day. Which is just about an hour. Which for us, like when I was doing it, it was two I had hours, a longer two hours yeah. a day. It, it's That's all around the United States. Right. I guarantee it's more here Way in the more D.C. area, here. L.A., um, New York, Chicago, Chicago yeah. the high high traffic areas because mm -hmm. my commute when i did have to commute was longer than it was more than an hour mm -hmm. and then what did you say that they what just remind me what are they doing with this extra saved time they're working so oh. they found that 40 percent of workers use the time they save to either work on a primary or secondary job you don't say mm -hmm. people are working yep and then the other 34 percent went towards leisure um, and that includes exercise or watching TV. And then 11% went to caregiving for children or others. Right. Which that makes sense. Yeah. Just life in general. But. The bottom line is that humans want to be productive. They want something to do. And if you give them more time, they will go fill that time with productivity. Whether it is taking care of themselves, which... Apparently, they call that leisure time. I don't call working out leisure time, but I, I would, you know, <laughs> whatever article. But people will go work out. They'll go for a hike. They'll go for a walk. They'll take care of their kids. You're starting to see more people homeschool. You're starting to see this more of this at-home type of culture that people are starting to build, thank God. And people are working remote jobs. Sometimes they have multiple remote jobs. And they're still being productive. So now that's the biggest question that I've got from people is like, how do I stop my employees from working second job? Pay them more? <laughs> I don't know. Take care of them? Show them that you care? Is their uh, productivity dropping? No. no. Why do you care that they're getting a second job? As long as it doesn't interfere with, with your job, with yeah. their primary, who cares? And but whatever, some people are still stuck into this mindset. But right, I like the end of this article too. It says number one, remote work saves money. To sum it up, Go number ahead. two, workers spend less time grooming and getting ready. Yeah, yeah, which is so true. I told you this yeah. the other day. I was like, my favorite part is not having to put on makeup. Right. I mean, I mean today, yes, but that's like once today a you week. put on pants and got makeup. I haven't on, put yeah. on like jeans yeah. or yeah. I've started getting dressed again because generally I wear PJ pants just all day, but I stopped doing that because I I'm trying to get myself to like get up and move and right. In and summer I'm better because then I'm like okay whatever I'll like put shorts and whatever on. In the winter it's so hard though because you just I know wear, like, you just want to be comfy and it's like got your sweatpants on my hood. Like I'm wearing a hoodie. I am wearing these. It would be considered dress pants, I guess. Roy told me I need new jeans. Yeah, you got holes in those ones. I told them they're my holy jeans. I they're wear them your on holy Sundays. Jeans. You wear them on Sundays. And that's, that's right. Thursday. That's it's adorable. Style, Grandpa. Yeah. I'll, like, I will. Do I need to venue some cash so you can afford <laughs> you some can jeans that cash, don't have holes in it? <laughs> I'll gladly use them on jeans. <laughs> Origin jeans. Go check out Origin jeans. You don't have to do it right now, but they're Origin all they're jeans. made in America. I will say another thing too is like do that when i go shopping <laughs> i don't have to shop for like work clothes anymore yeah which is like my age i used to do all the time it's like yeah. when i would have money to spend on things i would buy work clothes and yeah I'd never buy anything for myself Save money. 
And now I just, you know. You can eat at home. Mm. You don't have to go get your coffee at like a coffee place. I mean, it's a no-brainer. And we've been saying it for forever. And I'm glad that articles are starting to put it out there and you're starting to, to see it more and more. But It's so true on the makeup thing, though. Like, I spent... I, makeup's expensive apparently makeup's expensive and i would always run out of makeup wipes <laughs> like i'd always have to mm. be like i'm running out of makeup wipes you're but now right. mm. now you're good it's great how about that i know just make your makeup last longer which saves money so it does it, it adds up and then the third thing here was working from home gives people more autonomy which yeah, yeah. duh obviously I, but then they're happier. Our mission was to make sure that every parent was home for dinner. And so our vision of that, to have a complete family, we believe that to have the family demographic and dynamic, rather, not demographic, the dynamic of the family that is that, that dynamic is built around the dinner table. Sharing stories, interacting with your kids, being there together. And so how do you do that if dad is still at the office at six o'clock and or stuck in traffic for two hours you, you can't do that or mom is away on a business trip or visiting the office or you know you can't do it so you remote work and everybody's home for dinner and you're kicking it you know, the one lady i saw today she was like do you miss like hell no talking to people hell like, no, no. <laughs> that was our that was our um that was our neighbor. Right. Because I was telling her what I used to do. We were just talking. She's like, do you miss it at all? I was like, no, no I don't. I don't miss it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, I see Roy and my dogs. I told her, I was I'm like, fine. I was like, yeah, we just decided that this was a waste of time and money. And she's like, yeah, I know, but I just love the social aspect of it. And you're like, there's nobody here. There was nobody there. What social aspect are you missing? You're in a room by yourself. She had the office next to ours. She said she liked to switch. Like, she uh, right. was a little She's bit like, different. I got she kids at home, it. right? Is that what she said or whatever? Mm -hmm. She's like, my family at home, and it's hard for me to work at home. And I and get some that. Some people are like that. I get it. I get it. You want your space. But me, I would rather be sitting with my dogs. and. Right. She wants her focus time, and I get it. Right. Some people are like that. It's not for everybody, I guess. But do we hit all of them? We did it. That was all of them. This was a good that? one. This was a good hour. one. Well, guys, low-code, no-code, invest in it. Go to online365.academy if you want to learn more on low-code, no-code platforms. I did an entire training. It's multiple um, videos, lessons through the lessons plan of uh, how to become a power platform developer or power user, I believe, is what I called it which we're going to add continuous on there. We're going to do introduction to DevOps, I think, is our next one that we're releasing. We did an introduction to administering Microsoft Teams. We have a SharePoint one that's coming. Business communication. Business communication. Um, so we got a lot coming. So go to online365.academy. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you are watching us on YouTube. We do have that platform where, like I said, we invested a ton of money and time and effort. And Sydney's down here before the show plugging things in and moving wires around and i'm driving her crazy i'm trying to, you're not i'm trying to learn well you're doing a great job <laughs> and <we're try> <laughs> <laughs> but we have a lot go on this on this on this uh on this video so go watch us on youtube so it's all for not otherwise you can listen to us on itunes spotify you can go to gowork 
at goworkwherever.com, you also find all kinds of different resources to help you implement some of the things in the technology that we're talking about here. There's also a way that you can go just click and work with us. And you'd be like, hey, you know what, Roy? I don't really care about learning all this stuff. Why don't you come do it for me? We can do that for you too. So guys, thanks for hanging out. Until next time, Sydney, you got anything? No, leave us a comment if you want us to talk about something. There you go. Love it. Sydney will answer you. Until next time, guys. Bye.